This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, we're talking about healthcare information breach trends with Dan Berger, CEO at Redspin. Thanks for joining us today, Dan. My pleasure, Howard. Redspin just issued a report on major healthcare information breaches that compares statistics from 2010 and 2011. For example, the report notes that 97% more individuals were affected by major healthcare breaches in 2011 than in 2010. What were the numbers for each year, and is the increase mainly because of a handful of large breach incidents last year? So in, in 2010, there were 5,438,626 individuals affected, and comparatively, in 2011, there were over 10 million affected, 10,696,280 to be exact. And, and while it's true that the increase is mainly due to a handful of large breach incidents that occurred last year, those large breach incidents themselves, uh, I think, are indicative of a trend. That trend is as more and more PHI is stored electronically, you end up with greater concentrations of data. And when you when you add that data to the mass storage capacity on portable media and mobile devices, our conclusion is that large-scale breach incidents are virtually certain to continue. Now, the average number of patients affected by a breach grew by 80% in 2011 versus the previous year. Again, what's the main reason for that? Well, because IT security has not really kept pace with the progress that's been made in the, in the adoption of electronic health records, that would be the main reason. More, more PHI has been converted to electronic format, and as structured data, it's easier to store, access, transmit, copy, move. So the likelihood that a breach might compromise an entire database, or at least a portion thereof, rather than a small collection of individual records. The top five breach incidents reported so far under the HIPAA breach notification rule account for 57% of all patient records breached. The top 20 account for 88% of all records breached. What's the key to preventing these large-scale incidents? What do they have in common? The large-scale incidents make it painfully clear that inadequate, if any, HIPAA security risk analysis took place prior to the breach. A comprehensive security risk assessment would have identified where PHI is stored, who has access to it, how it's utilized under normal workflow. And then the SRA would look further into whether sufficient controls were in place. Uh, As a reminder, and as you know, the HIPAA security rule has been in force for almost 10 years. Section 164.38a requires covered entities to conduct security risk analysis, among other things. More breaches in 2011 involved business associates than in the previous year, including some of the biggest incidents. Please share uh, those statistics for uh, 2010 and 2011. And what do you think is the reason for this trend in more incidents involving business associates? And is there anything we can do to reverse that trend? Right. So, so business associates were involved in incidents that affected over 7 million individuals in 2011, and uh, that compares to 4 million in 2010. The simple fact underlying that trend is, is just this. More data is being shared with BAs, and little to nothing has been done to inspire or enforce stricter controls or to require more covered entity oversight. I think that the extension of direct civil liability to BAs at the end of 2012 will help, but I still believe it remains to be seen that that's enough of a stick to make it a priority for their businesses. 
I've been disappointed that the initial uh, OCR HIPAA audit program did not doesn't include any business associates in the first 150 audits that's scheduled for this year. So in terms of reversing the trend, I think ultimately what will happen or what will be required is that hospitals themselves will have to get tougher with their BAs, uh, even insisting that, uh, that the, some of the large partners have an annual security audit as a contractual requirement. And I think that on the business associate side, uh, forward-looking business associates should think about adopting this process now because uh, I think it would be a clear marketing advantage for them to go out when they're, they're selling their services to additional hospitals to say, we've put ourselves under the same kind of scrutiny that you have as well. I think you're going to see more sensitivity at the covered entity level and the hospital level towards what, you know, what their business associates are doing and not doing. 39% of major breaches reported so far have involved laptops or other portable devices, you note in your report. In more than half, 55% have involved loss or theft of all types of unencrypted devices or media. So with all the publicity about breaches involving unencrypted devices, why isn't encryption more widely used, do you think? Uh, well, we've seen that as well in our in some of our on-site engagements. And uh, I think the primitive factor has been that encryption adds IT administrative overhead and requires additional user training. For as long as I can remember, healthcare IT has typically been understaffed and underfunded. And so to some extent, I understand their resistance. It's just more to do, um, and they've got limited resources. Uh, going forward, though, I think as, as encryption technology improves, it's really only a matter of time before we reach the tipping point where the risks of breach outweigh the additional overhead required. In your report, you call for federal regulators to beef up the HIPAA security rule, and there are some HIPAA security rule modifications still pending, to be sure. And you also call for providing more compliance guidance, more guidance from federal regulators. Could you elaborate on those recommendations? Sure. Uh, I don't want to just jump on the bandwagon, but I have to say I can't understand why the, the final omnibus package has still not been released. But on another note, I found the Office of Inspector General's audit of CMS um, to be a, a pretty sound wake-up call. Um, perhaps somebody hit the snooze button, though, because I haven't seen, seen those the findings in that report reflected very, in, in very many other places. As a refresher, the lapses cited by the OIG included 124 high-impact vulnerabilities, such as unencrypted laptops and portable devices containing PHI, outdated antivirus software and, and, and uh, patches that weren't applied, unsecured networks, and also the failure to detect rogue devices intruding on wireless networks. So perhaps some of those items have been included in OCR's HIPAA audit scope, but again, with only 150 scheduled for this year, I think the HIPAA security rule itself could be made more prescriptive, and I'd like to see you know, I think not only, you know, as a vendor, as a security vendor, but I think I think our clients would like to see more what the, the government actually expects them to do in regard to HIPAA security. Any final advice on other steps healthcare organizations can take to prevent breaches so the 2012 statistics look better than the 2011 numbers? Definitely. I, I think that there's been a great deal of focus on security within the context of the Stage 1 EHR Unique Use Incentive Program. Uh, but we, at Redsman, we encourage our clients to go beyond kind of minimum necessary of meeting this requirement and testing the meaningful use. Uh, checkbox compliance is really not appropriate here. 
So we recommend very comprehensive security assessments, including external and internal infrastructure, web application assessments, wireless security, mobile device policies, and last but not least, employee training. It's critically important that security become the priority within the healthcare industry. We believe that it's the foundation on which the successful electronic health record implementation and adoption must be built. It really is a trust model between providers and patients, and security is the one thing that can undermine that. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Dan Berger of Redspin. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.